Hey, is it good Maybe to be back it. together or what, everybody? Man. Man, great to see everybody this morning. Thanks for being here. For weeks we've been talking about having the power of God lived out seriously in our lives, and I hope that you have been hope that you have been looking more consciously for God in, in your daily walk. You know, we've talked about how that, that God wants Jesus' heart to, to live through us. He wants us to have the spirit of peace within us and to have constant contact. God wants constant contact with us. It's not just about new life beginning for us one day or someday. It's about new life beginning right here and and right now. So last week I asked everybody who was here to participate in an experiment. God 360, we called it, where three times a day for 60 days you would stop and you would focus in on God's presence around you and within you. And I hope that you've been taking me up on this offer. Now if you weren't here last week, you were like, I had no idea. Guess what? You still have 60 days. All right? You can do it. We're going to extend the time for you. Everybody else? You know, you only have, uh, what, 53, but you guys have 60 if you were not here. So go ahead, get a watch, get a phone, set you three different times during the day. It'll alert you, and you're just going to stop. You're going to focus on Scripture. You're going to spend time in prayer. You're just going to be still, and you're going to be reminded of God's presence there in your life. It's all about trying to focus in on what God desires as he wants to, to see our lives transformed. That's what we've been talking about ever since Easter. And he wants to address our mind and our heart and our body and our soul. But what I want us to do today, I want us to shift and I want us to consider what New Begins Now looks like for our EB Church family as a whole. Beyond new meeting times and the new elders that we have added and the new staff that we're preparing to add, well, what's new at, at EB? Well, speaking of new meeting times, like I said, hey, for the first time in a long time, a large number of our church family are together this morning. And I know that we have been doing different things for the last 13 and a half months, but we're so glad to be able to see so many of you. We welcome in those who are uh, worshiping still online with us. So glad to have you, but it's great to be able to look here in our auditorium and to see so many, so many smiling faces. If you are new to us, you might see that uh, located in front of you, there's a little card. It's also back in our lobby, and you can take your phone, text connect. Just one word if you're new, text connect to 423-455-5530, and you'll get a response back. Then just give us a little information about yourself. We would appreciate it. And also, if you are a returning guest or part of our EB family, just go ahead and scan the code. Turn your camera on. This is a great way for you to be able to use your phone in church, kids, and nobody gets you in trouble. All right? Great way right here. Just lean over, and if anybody says anything, says, hey, I'm just telling the preacher I'm at church. That's all I'm doing. And uh, make sure that you um, scan, check in for us. Again, that's a big help, and we greatly, we greatly appreciate it because it's so good to be back together. Um, and while we are getting back together, I want you to know that uh, Miss Aquia, one of our YAC members, she is about to be leaving us to go back to her home country of Ghana because she is going to be getting married here at the end of the month to Mr. Theo. And so we're excited about that. And wish her and, and Theo well. Uh, she's going to be coming back afterwards uh, later on in the fall. And so hopefully we'll be able to see her uh, again soon. But uh, Kwea, safe travels to you as you go back to Ghana. And uh, God's blessings on, on you and, and Theo. Uh, you, you know, we are striving here to continue to offer a healthy indoor worship environment. And we're also trying to begin to relax some of our COVID safety protocols that have served us very well 
over the last year and enabled us to meet in a limited fashion during this pandemic. And guys, we are so grateful for your understanding, for your flexibility, for your cooperation. As for the last 13 and a half months, we have had to make some difficult decisions about how to navigate what is a very complex situation. And we understand that the decisions that that we have made, decisions to pause our worship gatherings, to move to an online worship format, to return gradually to campus in a limited capacity, and, and then pause again, launch EB at home, enact COVID protocols that, that caused you to have to make changes to your schedule and the way that you came to church and then what you did when you were, were here. We understand that all of these decisions did not meet everyone's approval and get everyone's like online. We get that. But whether you've agreed or not, I ask that you say thank you to our EB elders and our EB staff for their willingness to lead and serve our church body during this difficult time. Thank you. You know, I saw firsthand the weight carried by our elders, and I daily witnessed the servant heart of our staff as as they pivoted on multiple occasions to help keep our church family connected and engaged in the ministry of Christ. And I understand we're not out of the woods yet when it comes to COVID-19, but this spring, well, this spring finds many facets of our lives beginning to feel more like normal. And we give thanks to God for the renewal that we see that's taking place all around us. So that brings me back to, okay, well, what does new begins now look like for, for our church? Well, just like in other areas of your life, there are things within our spiritual community that are returning to normal and other things that the pandemic has forced or allowed us to adjust or reimagine. The COVID pandemic, while serving as a major interruption in our life, also forced us to, to adopt a needed simplicity. Our lives slowed down. We were able to do some soul searching. And for many of us, you know what? We realized we didn't have to leave his home as much as we thought we did. We could actually stay home. We didn't have to consume as much. We didn't have to buy as much, didn't have to um, eat as much. And we also, we also learned we didn't have to go to church in order to be the church. Now don't get me wrong, our lack of opportunities like the one we're enjoying this morning to come together and to, to encourage one another through worship, man, it's been sorely missed. But by not being able to gather together in large numbers for worship and classes, well, I think we've been reminded that the scattered church is perhaps even more impactful than the gathered church. Our large group gatherings are important for our spiritual health. And I want you guys, I want you to, to recommit to re-engaging with our church family on a regular basis. But it is when we are scattered in smaller numbers that God impacts the spiritual health of our neighbors, and our communities, and our schools, and our workplaces. So as we consider what New Begins Now looks like for our church, let's not make the mistake in thinking that the ultimate goal is to return in force and just resume our meetings here on this campus. Our ultimate goal is to move people closer to a life-restoring relationship and a life-renewing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our goal. And getting back on campus is just short-sighted. You see, we're in the disciple-making business. And our own campus gatherings, just like we're doing right now, it, it serves. It's a means to an end. These gatherings are important, but they're not the only discipleship method that are at our disposal. You see, we want to be a church that's known more for its goings than for its gatherings. 
And, and each of you, look, you are a valuable part of our church family. And God has placed each one of you in a specific location and has surrounded you with specific individuals and a specific sphere of influence. And God anticipates and he expects that you will be his ambassador in the place where you have been scattered to. And just like those scattered believers in Acts chapter 8, that you will share the good news about Jesus wherever it is that you go. You see, for our church, new begins now means a renewed emphasis of talking about Jesus. And it also means a renewed engagement with our community. Now, traditionally, we have done this in a couple of different ways. We, we mostly have partnered and, and we have served. We've been partners and servants. We've engaged the greater Chattanooga community by partnering with others. If you've been around here over the last 10 or plus years, you've known that, that we have hosted back-to-school Bible bashes for East Brainerd Elementary School. We've engaged in tornado cleanups. We serve as a Red Cross disaster relief location. We have hosted a summer Bible camp or a summer camp for Camp Big Fish. And we've opened up our campus to, to schools and to different civic groups and to sports teams and to different municipal agencies. And this week you're going to hear how that as a church we're going to be partnering with the Hamilton County Health Department to help distribute in-home COVID testing kits. You see, we, we have partnered with so many different individuals to help, help be able to engage in, and benefit this community that's around us. And we've also served. We've served Chattanooga through our school supply day, through Watts, through Warm Coats for Cool Kids and our Snack Pack Ministry. Our members have volunteered at the Community Kitchen and Ronald McDonald House and Bethel Bible Village. We have hosted the Miss Beautiful pageant to affirm the value of some very special young ladies. And we have taught archery to point people to Christ. We have collected food for the hungry and gifts for children. We have expanded our work with local incarceration centers to include the Transformation Project. And we have opened the New Beginnings House right here on our campus. We have partnered and we have served. And in the process, the name of Jesus has been praised and our church family has gained a good name in the community. So as we look to the future, I pray that we will continue these and similar ventures, but also that we would be willing to leverage the goodwill that has been built in order to be a voice of good news. You see, all across our city, people are talking. They're talking about hard issues, Dealing with race and sexuality and homelessness and poverty and welfare and the family and addiction and crime. And all of these conversations have left people thirsty. People thirsty for justice as they look around and say there are things that just aren't right and something needs to be done. And people are, people are thirsty. They're, they're looking for, for love and acceptance and saying... Is there anybody who will care for me? And people are thirsting for a purpose. Where you have individuals asking, who am I and what is my life all about? And, and what is this journey all for? And people are thirsting for peace. As they see a chaos around them and things be just beginning to fall apart. And they're saying, is there anything that I can hold on to that's real? And we live in a culture that is daily forgetting God where everyone gets to define right and wrong as they see it. 
And as a result, the members of our community are constantly grappling for power and, and influence. And our society just seems to be devolving into chaos. And it's in this environment that people are thirsting for understanding and direction. And so they rush and they drink from the waters of justice, love, spirituality, freedom, truth, and power. And they drink from these different wells that offer false satisfaction. You see, God spoke of a similar time in the life of Israel when he said, My people have done two evil things. He said, They have abandoned me, the, the fountain, the source of living water. And they have dug for themselves cracked cisterns that can hold no water at all. God told his people that they had gone looking for fresh water in broken wells. That they had abandoned him for something that they thought would sustain him. And today, the empty wells of social movements and political parties and fleeting relationships and social media influencers are only a mirage of fulfillment. But friends, I believe that our church family has access to living water. I believe that. Jesus said, hey, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You see, I believe that the gospel has something to say about the injustices and the fearfulness and the mistrust and the anger and the sin that is present in our society. But as a church body, we must be willing to say so. And so we need to use our influence. The influence that has been built up over so many years of partnering and serving, we need to use this influence here in Chattanooga to help others navigate these complex issues from a biblical perspective. Especially those dealing with race and human welfare and addiction and sexuality. New begins now. You see, I pray that we can begin to see ourselves as a well. Where we are a cistern. A cistern where our church family and the greater Chattanooga community can find spiritual refreshment. We need to market ourselves as an alternative to the broken cisterns that our culture drinks from. You see, we have the opportunity to speak, to speak truth to the issues that are on people's minds. Because God does have something to say about the way that we treat one another. God has something to say about how we care for one another. God has something to say about how we redeem and how we forgive one another. And the church as God intended was meant to be an active movement and not a passive meeting. So what better time than now to renew our partnership, to renew our service, and to re-engage with a voice here in Chattanooga. Now look, I think this renewed emphasis and engagement will help us realize our vision here as a church family. Our vision being that of an intergenerational, multicultural family of disciples who relevantly engage our community with the grace and good news of Jesus Christ. This is who we see ourselves being. We're not there yet. We're still working at it. God is still working on us. But this is the vision that, that God has laid before us of who he desires for us to be within this community. To see this become a true reality, though, is going to require something else new on our part. You see, we're going to need a new boldness. 
The first disciples prayed for boldness and for God to, to act mightily through them. And as a result, more and more believers came to the Lord. But their boldness did not meet with the approval of the prevailing religious culture at the time. In Acts chapter 5, the high priest and all of his associates and the members of the Sadducees, well, they were all filled with jealousy. They weren't necessarily upset by the message. They didn't question the validity of it. They were not concerned with what exactly the disciples were saying about the Torah. They were upset that they were losing followers. And that more and more people were turning to follow after the teachings of the rabbi Jesus. So what do you do when someone's moving in on your turf? Do you put a horse head in their bed? <laughs> no. You go and you, you arrest the ringleaders, right? I mean, that's what you do. Earlier it was just Peter and James, but now they're going to go and round up the whole gang. But that night when they were behind bars, they, everything came to an abrupt end. And we're told in verse 19 that an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out. And the angel of the Lord said something very interesting. And we might think that he would say, hey, run to your homes, go to your church buildings and hide. That's what we might expect to see because they had been imprisoned by the same people who had put Jesus to death. And it would make sense if they would just calm down. But I want you to notice what the messenger of the Lord actually told them to do. He said, go stand in the temple courts. <laughs> well, good thing they prayed for boldness. I mean, they're being told, don't run. Don't be afraid. But you go speak in the very living room of the people who despise you. I mean, there's different kinds of crazy, right? That's one of them. But guys, boldness is not needed if there's nothing to be lost. You don't need boldness if you're always going to speak to the choir. You don't need boldness if you're always going to spend time with people who agree with you. You don't need boldness if you always pray for safety. Boldness is not needed if you're, if you're in a bubble. But if you're going to go and stand in the courts of apathy and racism and political correctness, if you're going to stand up in the locker room and in the boardroom on behalf of Jesus, if you're going to stand in places where no one expects anyone for God to take a stand, then you better be bold. There better be boldness there. See, boldness is not standing on the street corner shouting Bible verses at traffic. That's weirdness, not boldness. Boldness is going to those who live on the street corner and asking their name. And what can be done. Boldness is not standing up in church and speaking out for traditional marriage, even though we believe in that. Boldness is volunteering with Chattanooga Cares and serving the HIV community in Chattanooga. That's bold. Boldness is not bringing your family to church, even though, again, I encourage you to re-engage with our church family here. But boldness is teaching your family how to be light in darkness, whether they ever step foot on this campus or not. Go stand in the temple courts, the people. That's what the disciples were told. Go stand in the temple courts and tell the people all about this new life. Go tell the people how there's no more sacrifices for sins. Go tell the people that there's no more divisions between groups of people. Go tell them that there's no more distance between the people and their God. The disciples had a life message. In church, 
So do we. Jesus is alive and a new way of living is possible. That's our message. And notice the Lord's messenger didn't say, go stand in the temple courts and tell the people that, that you were right and you have all the answers and that they're wrong or that just, hey, just come to church with me. They were to go and talk about a new kingdom. They were to go talk about a new life, a new life that would impact and change the way that they understood power and position and the way that they treated the outsider and the way that they would worship and the way that they looked at their property and possessions. But get this, as you read through chapter 15, you begin to realize that to talk about this new message meant that they had to talk about Jesus. Because Jesus was the message. And so look what happened. At daybreak, you're never going to guess where they are. At daybreak, the apostles entered the temple as they were told and immediately began teaching. That's boldness. And we're going to need that same type of spirit. New begins now. Guys, let me end, let me end this message about new by referring to something old. I've shared with you before how that for years the, the driving influence behind the laundry detergent business was get your whites white and your brights bright. Some of you guys remember that, that slogan. And the makers of laundry detergents ask consumers, well, what, what do you want detergent? And they say, we want our whites white and our brights bright. And it makes sense. I mean, if you're washing clothes, you want to be able to tell that they're not just clean, but they're really clean. So the laundry detergent companies tried to differentiate their brands one from another. And they, they advertised about all the different effective proteins that they had and the color enhancers that were a part of their detergent. But no one really asked why, they, why the people wanted their clothes clean. And that little nugget was kind of revealed many years later when a group of anthropologists hired by one of the packaged goods companies re revealed that all the additives weren't actually the driving factor as to why people were buying certain types of detergents. You see, they observed that when people pulled their clothes out from the dryer, they didn't look necessarily to see if they were bright or white. They held them to their nose and they sniffed. Yeah, right? You pull your clothes out, you smell them. That's the clean test. You see, smelling clean was more important to the people than them actually perhaps being clean. There was a presumption that all detergents will get your clothes clean, I mean, that's what detergents are supposed to do. But which ones help your clothes smell clean? You know, there is a presumption in our society that churches believe the Bible, that they have family ministries, that they gather for worship, and they're, they're going to proselytize. I mean, that's what churches do, so says our culture. It's what they're supposed to do. And the Christian community for years debated who among us did church best. So people shouted till they were blue in the face about how their church had the purest biblical interpretation and how their ministries were awesome and, and how they owned the moral high ground on the cultural issues of the day and how they made whites white and brights bright. Join us, they said, because we're the cool church or we're the new church or we're the old church or we're the contemporary church or we're the traditional church. Join us because we've got the best worship. We've got the best youth group. We've got the best pastor. 
We've got the best doctrine. In the meantime, while churches were all trying to one-up each other, fewer and fewer people were actually wanting to be part of the churches. In fact, the number of Christians as a share of the U.S. population has decreased from 70% to less than 50% during the last 20 years. And it's the first time in the history of any studies measuring the percent population of Christians within the United States that it has dropped below 50%. You see, all that time that Christians have been, all that time that we've been trying to market our way of doing church, the society around us just wanted to know if, if people who claim to believe in Jesus actually smelled like Jesus. Can people tell by the smell of our words, our actions, and our values that we're Jesus people? Because friends, Jesus people are what this world needs. People who believe that there is living water to quench the thirsty soul. So what does it mean for us? I mean, what we're talking about really isn't all that new at all. I mean, we've said before that we want to do anything short of sin to help move people closer to a life-restoring and life-renewing relationship with Jesus Christ. That's our old and that's our new mission. And it's going to shape our actions and our identity. What I would like to ask of you this morning is that you boldly join me in helping new begin now here at East Brainerd. Let's continue to bring people to Jesus. And let's renew our efforts to bring Jesus to the people. Will you join me in a prayer of boldness? Father, following you is not for the faint of heart. I mean, your son said that we needed to take up our cross. I know that oftentimes we've looked at that and, and we've tried to we tried to push that to the side and tried to come up with a nice meaning as to what he was actually getting at that, that surely he could mean that we needed to that we needed to die to ourselves, that, that we need to live for something that was larger, that we needed to be willing to, to go to the extent that he did if we were to have the same love for the people like he did. Father, it's great for us to be able to be back here this morning and we have been, a, we have been praying that, that conditions, health conditions here in town would allow us to have larger and larger gatherings and be able to bring in more and more people. But Father, help us to remember that just coming here to this place is not the end goal. That, that, that what we do here is important. That it only serves to energize, it only serves to redirect, it only serves to remind us of our true focus and our true purpose to be salt and light in this world. And help us then to be a church that 
is on the move. A church that sees the mission before us of being able to to speak your name in the name of your son in the name of the spirit to the people that we come in contact with. We're thankful for the spheres of influence that you've placed around us and for the way in which you have placed us in, in different schools all across this city and in different businesses and in, in different ball leagues and in different social groups. And, and you have spread us out along with others who believe in you. And you have asked that we speak your name and that we share the good news of the gospel. Father, you have asked that, that we use the, the synergy that can be found when, when groups of believers come together. You, you have asked that we, that we use that to be able to speak into the culture of our day. To impact our neighborhoods, our communities, to impact the families. That we would not keep the message bottled up and contained in, in one single hour of, of one single week, but instead that we would live a life of power that is that same power that comes to the resurrection. And that with boldness we would speak out to those things that are unjust in our society, that we would, that we would speak your grace and your mercy, that we would with love speak your truth to the sin that we see that's around us. Father, we need a new boldness in our life. Because one thing that one thing that being cooped up inside and being confined to our homes does, it it takes away any reason for us to be bold. And so as we're starting to come now out of our homes and as we are going out more and we're having more interactions and Father as we're going to be doing more together here as a church body we need to be reminded of the boldness that comes through your spirit and we need to desire that to be present in our life and so Father this morning we pray we pray that you would make us bold both individually and as a body that you would give us the courage to speak your truth to the things that we see around us. That you would give us the heart for the people of our community. Father, that you would give us wisdom as to the best ways in which we might be able to engage those who are around us. That we might be relevant in the way in which we, we speak and the things that we do. And that, Father, that we would be used by you to be your voice here in this community. Father, we thank you. We thank you for the opportunity to be together today. To be reminded of the bond that we share and the salvation that we hold in Jesus. May we leave this place. Leave this gathering. And may we scatter with a boldness that takes us to the people that you desire. That you desire to hear the message of grace and peace, and truth. Father, thank you for this opportunity to be your ambassadors. And may we go forth with boldness in the name of Jesus, and we pray. And the church says, amen. Church, as we close out together today, we want you to know
I want you to know that if, you, if you'd like to talk about anything that you've heard here today, if you would like to, to speak with one of our pastors, one of our elders, we have a prayer room that's located in our lobby, and you're welcome to go there at the conclusion of our time and, and to spend time in prayer and study, to ask questions, to talk about what does it mean to be baptized into Christ, if that's something that is on your mind because of your belief that Jesus is the Son of God. We want you to know that you have that opportunity. And we also know that if you have a prayer request today that you'd just like to, to share or one that you have during the week, you can text the word prayer to 423-455-5530. You will then get a response back, put your prayer request in. Today it will be seen by one of our elders this week. Someone on our staff will have it and that will be shared. And you know that you will be being prayed for this week. Church, we're so thankful that you are here today. It's great to be back together. Let's not just be the church here on this campus. Let's be the church wherever it is that God takes us. And let's smell like Jesus. Let's close with song. Derek.